When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the A to Z Sports Preds Nashcast, aka Hockey's Over, but we still love you. I'm your host, Alex Darty, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chris Link. Today on the show, the Predators season is finally over. After losing games... <laughs> the season is mercifully over after playing with our hearts and souls for months. After losing Game 6 to the Carolina Hurricanes 4-3 to in overtime in Bridgestone Arena at like midnight... This makes it now three years in a row with a first-round exit for the Preds. Uh, we will talk briefly about that. We're not going to go over everything because we've talked a lot about the, this, that, that series already. I'm tired of talking about the Carolina Hurricanes. They played like eight straight games against them. But um, that's over. Predator season over. So we're, today we are going to talk about what David Poyle's priorities should be in the offseason. Um, this will be our last episode of the season as we look ahead to, to what changes are coming for the Preds very soon. Uh, but stay tuned. We'll... Uh, let you know about our plans for next year. Uh, Link, how are you doing this morning? Uh, you know, it's a beautiful day out after yesterday just being a little bit too cool and a little bit too clammy, so I'm feeling pretty good about that. Uh, so yeah, I have, you know, it's nice you look out and see the bright sunshine, blue skies, nice nice and cool in the morning. You know, I, I went it's a good, it's, a, it's you know, it, it's a shame the Predator season ended, but it's still, you get a nice day. Yes. Yeah. Plus, plus, tomorrow's Memorial Day, so... There you go. Uh, no work and... All play. <sighs> yeah, all play. No, I'm going to be doing some vacuuming. I have a puppy, so... <laughs> I got a vacuum. Speaking of it being really cold yesterday, I went to grad- a graduation, an outdoor graduation uh, on uh, Saturday. That was the coldest graduation I've ever been to. You know, normally graduations are like kind of sweltering. Like it's it's hot, starting to get... Especially in, to the South, obviously. I, I mean, I've been to so many graduations where I'm just sweating like crazy. That was the coldest graduation I've ever been to. It was nuts. It was like yeah, 53 I, degrees and windy. Yeah, I mean, I, we, we went out to uh, Green Hills Mall just because we wanted to look at some stuff. And uh, yeah, I was wearing like a sweatshirt, which I love. I love, I, I, I you know, I buy like those nice, like fit, like, you know, structured, slim fit sweatshirts. A big fan of the, that style. Um uh-huh nice sleek sweatshirt and so i love that i get, got one more in before we get one to more in murder right. temperature I, I really didn't anticipate that i had put everything away for the year <laughs> that's hilarious so all right let's let's jump into it the the predator season ends and link you predicted it accurately you said hurricanes in six i believe i, I did i believe i said predators in six you did we we were we were um i was Slightly closer than you. I mean, yeah, yeah. It was. I mean, we both got the right number of games. That's pretty. We got good. the right number of games. Yeah. Let's let's give everyone the credit they they are they're deserving. And um, <laughs> no, I mean, this is not a like this is when you're the guy making the call against your team. It's always a little bit tough, but that just felt like the right. Yeah. Like, that just felt realistic. I knew this this Predators team was not going to go out with a sweep. I just didn't think. I thought they were going to get at least one win. They got two, which is which is great. Um. I fell into the trap that I, I, all I was thinking about was, well, the Predators were 
predicted to be swept by the Chicago Blackhawks in 2017. I fell into that trap. So even though we we've already talked about like how different those two teams were, like that team was actually good. This team was uh, writing a incredibly good goaltending performance. So, yeah. And then, you know, they had a, they had a lot of buy-in. Like, I think that that is one thing that um, Heinz instilled towards the end of the season, going into the postseason is he just had more buy-in from the team. I would agree with that. Uh, and, and I think that reflected, it didn't, address the limitations everyone's like oh you know Heinz is a good coach now it's like yeah but he still doesn't have all the tools because even Johansson Duchesne producing uh still they they're not like producing as eight million dollar franchise centers and and you know keeping in mind that the uh Duchesne deal uh if it had not been Nashville probably would have been for more money I mean he he took a salary cut to come to Nashville like people forget that like could you imagine (laughs) if he had gone to like I don't know if you go into like Anaheim or, or Colorado or he wouldn't go back to Colorado, but like St. Louis or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and played like he is Montreal. He was rumored to go to like Montreal. Nine, 9.5 million or 10 million and playing like he has been where he, you know, does a lot of good things. He just can't seem to convert in points. Um, yeah, <clears> just, I, I completely lost my train of thoughts. I started getting annoyed at Duchesne, the chain contract again. Uh, yeah, but totally. The, uh, I think what you're saying is that, that basically John, John Hines had the buy-in, but he still didn't have the cer- certain pieces. I mean, the, cer- yeah. still didn't have the, the, the special teams yeah. were a complete mess. Uh, the, the defense, the defensive structure in terms after the top four uh, were were pretty bad. Uh, the depth scoring was, you know, he, he obviously found something that worked in the fourth line, which you know we're going to talk about signing those guys in a little bit. But um, the the fourth line was their most productive, not not most productive. Uh, most uh, effective, consistent. consistent, and most identity establishing yeah. line uh, throughout the throughout the series, throughout the, the season, really. Yeah, um, which is which is not really what you want to <laughs> see. I mean, that's your fourth line. I mean, those guys. Well, I think it's good that I think if you if you have four lines, even look if you had four lines, maybe okay, maybe three lines that performed very similarly to those lines, and then you had one, you know top-notch scoring line that could go put the puck in the net like i think he'd feel pretty good about this team yeah but then then you're actually getting the original vision that poil had which is just you go back to a predator scene it's hard to play against i mean yeah. that's like the classic predators team is sure being able to roll three checking lines in one line where it has all your your weapons on it and hope <laughs> they score enough goals yeah to win i mean it's it's uh i think that's what he wants to do right i mean that's that's the goal <sighs> Return, return to the the treading water, and that's how you have a lot of first round exits. I mean, that's <laughs> well, we saw what happened when you gave Barry Trotz an actual roster and not you know three checking lines and yeah. a bonus line. Like he's like, yeah. oh, all the things I did that worked for the Predators can make them so consistent. When you start adding quality pieces, oh, we can just win Same round. Cup. We can win playoff games. We can win cups. Yeah. Yeah, no, you, you make a very good point. So you know, ultimately the Preds, I'm sorry, the, the Hurricanes were just the better team and the Preds did very little to disprove that. I think no no one really thought it would go, you know, while we predicted six games, I, I don't think anyone thought it would kind of go the way it did with all the overtimes and some pretty dramatic moments. Yeah, I, I will say, I think it did. Uh, I think the Predators did a favor to, to Tampa. Yeah, I, I think they showed off some of Carolina's weaknesses, and that this team, you know, you can you can get them off their game. <clears throat> you can get them playing a, a style that they may not prefer, because that was when the Predators were successful, when they could basically have Carolina forget that they can just skate around most of the natural players. Um, right. Yeah. 
And, it, and Carolina finally does have goaltending. I mean, Nedeljkovic was great. I mean, he was fantastic. I, I, I was going into the season, into the series thinking um, that Saros would, would like vastly outplay them. And that, that just didn't happen. I mean, Nedeljkovic was, was equally as good as Saros, maybe a little yeah. bit better. I mean, uh, I mean, I don't. I, I think he he generally faced far fewer quality shots yeah. across the series. So, um, yeah, yeah. So did, did, yeah. Uh, I have to imagine. I actually, you know what? I forgot completely forgot to check. The Soros hold the record for most like shots faced in a series. He does. Now? He does. Is that I, I, and that's that's nationally. That's like league wide, right? Ever, yeah. yeah. I thought so, he, only needed, he only needed like 40 shots or 30 something shots against to break the record or something. That's exactly, that's exactly right. He needed, it was 255 or something like that. And he had to get to face 257 or something like that. Yeah. Cause I think he was down by like 19 or 20. I can't remember. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's a really weird record for a team to hold. Good for yeah. the, exciting for the player maybe, but not, uh, not a good sign. Yeah, not very good. Um, but but a, a lot of that was volume. I mean, like if you look at, especially in games like th- uh, three and four, and definitely in game five, uh, it was it was volume more than anything from from mm-hmm. Carolina. I mean, there there was definitely a lot of quality. I mean, like when you had that much volume, it was it was almost like they were playing against Laviolette again. It was like it, it was tons of shots from everywhere, and just just offense as soon as they come off the come out of the you know off the bench, the. I do think that the Predators that that the reason that hurt them is because they couldn't generate anything the other way. I mean, you saw that in the overtime in Game Six, like they they could not or not not overtime, but the third period of Game Six, they just were like overrun in terms of they could not as soon as, as soon as they got out there, the Canes were were pressuring and held them in their zone and for for thirty seconds to a minute, and they had to as soon as they got the puck out, they had to dump it and change. And it was like they couldn't generate anything. Yeah, it was smothering. Yeah. So, um, so the Hurricanes move on. They play Tampa, and the Predators are done. Uh, we are uh, anxiously awaiting the final press conference of the year. Should be sometime next week. I'll be very interested to see that because. Look, this offseason for David Poyle, as we as we move into this sort of topic of discussion for today, it, it's going to be it's going to be a defining moment. It's a defining moment for the franchise, as it is every season, right? As, every summer is defining. Feels like it, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think David Poyle has a particularly difficult puzzle to solve this year. Let me just set the stage real quick. So I, I talked about this last week. Um, he has around seventeen million dollars but he only has 18 players signed currently through next year. So he's got $17 million and only in about, you know, 14, 15 roster spots to fill. Now, some of those are going to be like, you know, minimum RFA contracts to guys like Matthew Olivier and probably Rem Pitlick and stuff like that. Like not, not any big contracts, but then he's got some, obviously some really big decisions to make. And we'll talk about those, but, um, Key dates coming up. The Predators have so the the last day of the Stanley Cup final will be around July 9th. Uh, the protection lists for Seattle are due July seventeenth, the day after my birthday, and the Seattle expansion draft is going to be July twenty first, so four days after that. Then the draft is twenty third, and July twenty eighth is when the signing period begins. So everything got basically put bumped a month. So like we're starting to kind of like move back towards normal but everything's kind of normal normally ufa day is like july 1st and so now it's like closer to august 1st 
But um, I wanted to talk about the priorities for David Poyle because this is uh, this is such a, a particularly difficult puzzle, I think. And uh, the first thing you have to deal with, I think, is Seattle. I mean, that's the first thing to come. Mm-hmm. Um, let me get your take on what you think they should do with Seattle first before I give you my take. Uh, I, I have I have a couple of it, it feels wide open for me. Mm-hmm. I feel like the Seattle situation is much different than Vegas, where. With Vegas, it was just kind of between two players with um, with Yarn Crook and Neil. Maybe maybe it's a little bit simplistic, but that's kind of what it felt like. Yeah, it feels so different, right? It does. I mean, I was sitting down with the cap friendly tool the yeah. other day, and and even a little bit this morning, because my assumption is like, okay, we're definitely going to look at doing the the seven forwards, three defensemen approach. That just is like that was what my mind initially went to and that's what most teams do yeah and i was scrolling through and i'm like honestly with the way contracts are shaking out with like maybe some deal making what's the point of (laughs) protecting seven forwards right like i don't think there's seven forwards worth protecting on this team Uh uh-huh um at least no one who if the predators lost is going to be like a massive blow like obviously you have to protect forsberg right like you definitely protect Forsberg. You probably protect Cunning. Probably, like maybe you you, you covered Trennan. I mean, it depends how much how important you think Trennan is. Uh, <laughs> I mean, do you do you, do you just protect Yarnkirk again just because he's such a good utility player who who's like a servant to the team? Like, it's almost like they 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 should. I mean, the the eight skaters option like seems just, better to the. I mean, yeah. Because then you can, like, I think, obviously, they have to cover Yossi. Then you've got Ellis and Eckholm, and it's like, mate, okay, what if maybe, they would, you know, hold what, on to them. And then, cover, like, I would cover, like, Carrier, because he's, oh, he's yeah, proven sure. now. And why, you know, he's got to be an attractive option. He's going to be cheap. So, like. What about this? What about, what if you protect, I think they can do this. They, <laughs> what if they do the eight skaters? And they protect like five defensemen and three forwards. Okay. Which, 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 who's the fifth defenseman you'd be protecting? Well, I Not think. That you, hold on, let me go. Let me get to my list here. So Yossi, obviously, Ellis, Ekholm, uh, Fabro, Carrier. I mean, Allard is is not is a, is a guy that could be taken. Benning, no. I guess. I, maybe I mean, not. Yeah, but like Allard. Oh wait, I just named five. There we go. Sorry. Yeah, Yost, I mean, Ellis, Ekholm, Fabro, Carrier. You look at that list, and you there see you like Alari on there, and I'm like, you know, he doesn't. He's not. It's like he's played a ton of NHL games. Like, yeah, no, Alard would not be. I, I yeah, I, I'm not. I definitely don't think he should be protected over anyone yeah. else. Definitely, but, but you know, I like. I would. I'm on the fence about Fabro. Like, yeah, he, me too. He's getting, he's getting paid. Like, he's got a million dollar cap hit. It's pretty low, but he also is. Has has never really broken through. Granted, he's what twenty two, almost tw- going on twenty three. So his he's very proje- he's young. I was stunned by his projected cap hit. Like I, I went to Evolving Hockey, his projected cap hit is almost three million. I was like, really? You think he's worth three million a year? I mean, I I, I trust Evolving Hockey to to. They usually get it pretty close. Yeah, they've done a good job. Uh, Pre- yeah, predicted, I, I think, well, it's probably it's predicted, a lot based uh, off his deployment, you know, and what yeah similar players. But I just I don't think I don't see the. I honestly don't see the point in protecting him. If if right. Seattle doesn't select him, great. He's 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 probably got more quality in him than he's shown. But if Seattle does select him, and I mean, <clears throat> is that really devastating to the franchise? I mean, he's never he, he's just gotten dropped down the lineup. Like, 
as he's been played, he's been supplanted by Carrier and a lot of the other uh, rookies who are even older than he is. I just, I, I I've just stumbled upon this idea since since we since we started the show. Like, what if they protect five defensemen? I, 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 I and, and I'm going to say that Fabro is in that category, that he's the fifth there, and then they only protect three forwards. They protect Philip Forsberg. They protect Colton Sissons, who remember has a very long contract and a very cheap one. And with the with the cap situation, they're probably going to want to keep him. Forsberg, Colton Sissons, and I'm just going to throw out uh, Luke Cunning. That's your that's your, and so everyone yeah, is exposed. I mean, like Colton, I think Cunning Forsberg, I wouldn't. I I don't quite see the point in protecting Colton Sissons. I mean, yeah, he's got a good contract, but he also is has quite a, a replaceable skill set. Well, that's exactly what I said about Cali Yarncroke back four years ago, and no one seemed to think that was... I thought he had a pretty replaceable... At the time, now he's developed into a much better player than I thought he would be. But at well, the time... Also, like, the team has gotten... He, he's been consistently good at yeah. his, his skill set. The team has gotten worse around him, which has elevated his presence on the team. Yeah. It's a little bit of... He, he is no better or worse, I think, than he was three years ago. But you could find, tool, but, you could find toolsy winger centers on, you know... Yeah. That are around two million cap hit or less all well, over the place. So the, the thing is, we're, we're talking also talking this isolation of like what exactly are the predators, you know, goal? What what is their goal for the 2021 yeah. 2022 season? What is that going to look like? Are they mm-hmm. really going to spend time retooling? Are they going to try and make themselves immediately like competitive as best they can <clears throat> and say we're building off of last season? I'm like, you mean all your players are a year older and you haven't refreshed it with anyone of quality? Like, what are you, what are you building towards? Yeah. Um, so I, I think that that is a challenge that dictates what happens with the draft, right? Cause, um, you know, how much motion are we going to see in the RFA UFA side of things until after the expansion draft, like that's going to hold up the market to some degree. That's true. So, um, I, I, I kind of, I kind of interrupted your, your take here. So like if you, if, for for you, what what is your priority when it comes to the Seattle expansion draft for 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 David Poyle? I mean, I think they they need to. The thing that makes most sense is is trying to move one of the pieces to logjam. You know, Duchesne okay. Johansson. Um, there's no reason. That's what I was getting to and saying I don't see a point in protecting seven forwards. So you know, mm-hmm. protect your the defense. We need to protect and cover the forwards you need to cover. But like dangle other little morsels out there and if you can get them to take one of the eight million dollar contracts that may give the predators some real good flexibility you know the market like there was someone posted that the um cap is supposed to stay flat for like the next five seasons yeah what they're expecting that's i mean huge you gotta if you can if you can find a way to get out from underneath one of those eight million dollar contracts you know ufas are going to be a little bit cheaper because of this Mm -hmm. um so you, you and, may be able to, to you know, it feels bad going back to the UFA mark for the Predators, but they're going to have to to get the pieces they need to fill out a team. Right. Yeah, I I, I think that actually one of those $8 million contracts, the, the Johansson or Duchesne, I think that they could actually be kind of enticing for Seattle because remember, they have to reach a, they have to reach the floor, right? They, they need to, they do need to take on cap money. They have to get like to minimum of 50 million or whatever it is. And uh, so they do have to do that. They have to take on money. They can't just avoid, they can't just take, you know, cheap contracts all over, all over the place. And I think that someone like Johansson would make sense because he's got the experience as a one, as a one C he's got 
ton. He's you know he's he's only twenty eight. I mean he, he's he's not mm-hmm. he's not that old. I mean, and his contract's only five more years, four more years. So five, yeah. I feel like they could take that on, and and so you know I think what you're saying is like if you protect eight skaters and you just select your forwards, avoiding everything, you know, ignore Johansson, Duchesne, leave them exposed, let them take whichever one they want and uh, protect, you know, Forsberg and whoever else, the other ones that you want. I mean, the predators are probably going to have to incentivize Seattle to some degree. Yeah. Um, So my, that, that gets to my priority. So with, with me, I think the priority for David Poyle should be working a deal with Seattle. For, essentially either forcing them to take one of those big contracts or just uh, trading with them to, to tell them which player that they select so that your protection list really doesn't matter. Like it doesn't mm-hmm. matter wh- who you put on there because you know who they're going to take. So, and I, I, I just think that maybe someone like a Dante Fabro or a Victor Arvidsson is in play there because um, those are guys that are that still have trade value. I mean, Fabro definitely has trade value as yeah. an RFA and a, mm-hmm. and a guy that has tons of experience and young. And Victor Arvidsson has value. I mean, like he doesn't fit in this system as nearly like he did, and he still has value. I mean, the guy can still be a thirty goal scorer, I think, and and that's a great kind of player to plug into your um to your new team to say like, okay, you're going to be our like most aggressive forward that's going to go out and shoot from everywhere and be, be a threat to the opposing teams. That's a perfect, you know, person to go into Seattle. And also you got to look at the, uh, the comp, the division they're going into. I mean, the Pacific, the, the Pacific division next season is looking real weak. There's going to be that's some true. quality teams. Like, you know, you expect Vegas to still be decent. Um, oh, yeah, but, Vegas, and you expect Vegas Edmonton to be decent, it. but like, yeah, I mean, it is going to be, it, it, it could be a place where, you know, Arvidsson could really revitalize his career, be with the right coach. You know, I don't know if, if Johansson can go and be successful. He's sort of a little enigmatic these days. You never quite know what you're going to get from him. Um, sure. I mean, you're going to get effort, but you don't know if you're going to get any results. You know, I'm just, I'll be honest, I'm not nearly as concerned about which players the Predators might lose compared to the last expansion with Vegas. Because there's any, like, just protecting three or four forwards, like, that I had listed before, you know, Forsberg and Cunning and stuff like that, uh, you know, I would you know, throw Yarncroak on there. Like, you're not really at risk of losing any forward who is, like, defining to the franchise. Because there's just not a lot of guys there who are defined to the franchise. That's true, yeah. I, I, I would say Forsberg's the only one. And even then, like, he's only got one more year, and there's no guarantee he resigns here, so, Yeah. And and the one player you know you won't lose is already automatically protected in Roman Yossi. So, um, yeah, there, there's so many options. I, I think that uh, I could see it going so many different ways. And that's why kind of why I think that David Pola has to get in front of that. He has to say, unlike with Vegas, where he couldn't even get George McPhee on the phone, it seemed like, uh, he has to go to Seattle to to Ron Francis and and work a deal. Like, what 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 can we give you to force you to take a guy so that we don't have to do any protection list nonsense where, you know, we have to worry about who we're going to lose. We I, want I, to... Go ahead. I think the value is more in, can the Predators free up $8 million in cap space or okay. even, even if they retain some salary, can they free up some cap space yeah. so they've got flexibility? I think because that's, that's more important than, than which of the two they take. I don't even know if it matters which of the two they, they take. Yeah, I, that's a great point. And, uh, and obviously a big part of that is because of what you mentioned, 
the the I rumor or whatever you want to call it report that was out there that um, the cap will not go up for five years, which is crazy. <laughs> so, um, all right. So that's priority one is, is the expansion draft. Priority number two for me is pretty simple. I mean, it's just sign UC Soros to a, to some sort of a bridge deal. Um, I was talking with some people about, you know, possible prices and everything. And it's easy to get carried away and say like, well, you got to f- sign the guy to a long deal, but you really can't do that with goalies. I mean, it's when goalies sign long-term contracts, it just, it just so rarely works out. And one of the cases of it actually working out is the predators with Pecorine, but it just, that's so not the exam. I mean, look at Bobrovsky's contract is horrible. Uh, Carrie prices is looking, was looking pretty bad. I mean, there's, there's some bad goalie contracts out there. So like, yeah. I think you get a bridge deal, get the guy some, some money that he's earned. I think maybe somewhere in the neighborhood of $4 million a year, maybe five, that would be pretty high. And if it's five, then you go shorter term, obviously. Um, no more than three years, probably more like two, um, to get him to his UFA, uh, status. And then, uh, you know, you go from there, but I think definitely signing UC Soros is a, is a priority. Right. Yeah. And I, I mean, I like, um, I like three years. I like something in the range of, you know, 10 to 12 million, 12 really being the upper end. I mean, I think that's, that's, uh, perfectly fine. And, you know, as much as good as he's been, we still know that Soros has can be a really slow starter, and not just a slow starter for a month. He can be a slow starter for a couple months. Yeah. So he, I think he needs to demonstrate that he can get beyond that. Um, I, I don't know that we need that like we have a perpetual Vesna contender in Soros still, and I'm a huge Soros fan. Yeah, I just haven't seen the consistency. So. Give him three years to show consistency. You can give him a bigger contract on the other end of that, or you'll have options to move on. Uh, I that's that's kind of the reality of what the Predators are because they drafted Askarov. Like that guy yeah. is waiting in the wings, and if he continues to develop as he is, that's a lot of pressure on Soros to to you know <clears throat> get it signed and prove himself. Yeah, no doubt. And so yeah, that. I don't have any doubts that they're going to sign UC Soros to some sort of a bridge deal. Like he's, he, he will be the goalie next year. There's no, there's no doubt in my mind about that. That's about the only thing I feel so confident in for this off season. So after that, and now we're kind of moving through the off season, fast forwarding a little bit, uh, before kind of before UFAs or maybe when the UFA signing period starts, I, I think one of their priorities should be, and I'm interested to hear what you think about this is, to get what you can out of Victor Arvidsson and and work some sort of a trade. Get trade Victor Arvidsson while you still can. Maybe for a draft pick in this year, maybe for a future draft pick or maybe just get cap that cap space back in some way. Uh because it just seems like he's not going to fit in the same way that he did once at, at one point under LaViolette and mm-hmm. uh the guy is very valuable. I mean like tons of teams would want that guy on their team. Um, for whatever reason, it doesn't work for the Predators right now. Uh, what what do you think about that being a priority for Poyle? Yeah, I, I, we've just watched Arvidsson try to play his game and really struggle for like a season and a half now. Yeah. Something like that. Uh, I, I don't really know that he's changed his game, and I don't really know that anyone's playing differently around him. I mean, like the opposition is, is kind of countering him differently. I just think it's 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 a system issue he just needs to be put in a position where he can get into his favorite shooting spots and just shoot constantly yeah there are systems that will definitely encourage that or more consistent centers that 
uh, you can put him with to make that work or people draw attention away. Uh, yeah, I think he's got a ton of value uh, and t- for, th- for the right team. And uh, trading him, I think, is good for the player. It frees up some cap space for the team. One less thing to have to worry about. I, I don't really see a downside other than you. You, I mean, the Predators are losing a, a surprisingly effective kind of two-way forward because Arvidsson, sometimes, he's got some hustle in him. He can get yeah. back and, and do some work. I mean, he's not the world's greatest defensive player, but he he get, he's serviceable. Uh, so, I mean, that's just further depleting a depleted forward core. So that's the downside there. How are you replacing that player? You're just plugging in more middling players? I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think that they need to trade Victor Arvidsson. And uh, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they trade him um, to... Well, so like his kind of his cap hits, you know, it's it's a little higher actually than I than, than I think most teams would want. Four four and a quarter is for for a guy that like the last year and a half has not been great. But his his peak years uh, were definitely worth four and a quarter. So it's like you know what what teams are going to want to take on what team would want to take on a guy that like two years ago was great. But now his cap hit looks not great. I think that's like half the league. I mean, most most teams love to take chances on players like that, right? Yes. Um, what about the Flyers? Would the Flyers take Victor Arvidsson? I don't know if no, the Flyers know what they're doing right now. <laughs> they gotta they gotta like figure out what they're doing with their <laughs> with their goalie situation again, and like how do you manage? Yeah. Uh, how, how do you manage that with Carter right. Hart? You know. Okay, what's another priority for you uh, as we kind of move towards the signing R- RFA slash UFA um, section of the offseason? What's what's a priority for you? So they need to have, I, I, I don't know if you can call this a priority, but they need to have direction. They need to have a clear goal, what they're trying to achieve in 21-22. Um, and then they need to take a path to get there because they're going to lose a player in the expansion draft. It's, you know, if they can force one, you know, they, they force a trade for for uh, Johansson or Duchesne. Like, all of a sudden, you now are missing a really good top six player. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, who's who's actually lined up to replace these? Because you've now got a team that is like 75, 80% supporting role players. And your defensive core is getting a year older. Um, so, I... <sighs> I just want to see how Poyle kind of untangles his open this knot without actually putting the team into a rebuild. Um, and that's, that's, I don't know if you can call it a priority because it's a combination of many priorities. Mm-hmm. Cause like they have to get some RFAs re-signed. That's not the biggest deal. That's just managing your money. They have to figure out what to do with uh, Granlin or if Granlin is even going to come back to Nashville because he could probably go to a, a cup contender on a lower contract. I mean, it depends what his goals are. If he wants to be chasing cups, he can take less money and go to, to teams that are more cup bound, more cup ready. And I don't think there's anything that David Poe can really do to make the predators like a top cup contending team for 2021, 2022. No. Now I say that saying, Hey, Teams can go on runs. Team, wild things have happened. I'm not saying the Predators couldn't possibly win a cup and make the playoffs. It's just that they're going to be going into the season as a dark horse, and I don't think there's anything Poyle can do to make them not a dark horse at best. Um, so I need to see what the growth plan is for the next couple seasons and how quickly he can get the ship turned around. Yeah. And that means 
signing the RFAs, but making trades and not taking on bad contracts. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, because the part of the deal is, you know, if you if you ship off that eight million, if you, you you cut that from your your balance sheet. What are you going to do with it? Like what what you do with that eight million is is the other half of that equation. I mean, like you don't just keep it and just save it for a rainy day. I mean, like yeah. you've got to, you've got to stay competitive. Like you've got to you got to do something with it that makes sense. Well, pl- and if, if we think about everything they're doing or everything we propose, so you know, getting them to take one of uh, Duhansen, Duhansen, wow. Duhansen. Duhansen, <laughs> Duhansen. And then the, let's say you get to trade Arvidsson. I mean, okay, well, now you're looking at like $12 million. And if you've got $12 million in a, suppre- in a cap-suppressed market, you know, that gives you an advantage. You can bid a little bit. You know, you can try and and maybe attract an interesting player. Now, I, I don't really know that there's anyone that exciting who's coming into the market. Oh, it's, it's not great. I mean, it's like Taylor like, Hall and Alex Ovechkin, possibly. But then after that, it's like nothing. Oh, I mean, the, the free agents coming up looks like you've got Landeskog as a free agent. Kaprizov. Is this right? This no, that, right? That, that, I think you're looking at RFAs, maybe. Uh, not, oh, Landeskog, not Landeskog, but. Oh, I don't, I don't have my the two big ones properly. would be yeah. would be Ovechkin and Taylor Hall, but like I don't think they're going to be in on those guys. And it, after that, it's not much. But um, I didn't do a total dive into that. We can do that at some point. But um, I do think. Uh, all right, so the, with the RFAs, um, uh, I, I think the RFAs in particular are, uh, like you said, pretty standard. But I think there's there's an order in which you should prioritize them. And, and here's my order. Um, I think Tanner Janot is the number one priority. Cause I think that guy, cause uh, Olivier is a guy that like he's good, but I think it's clear that Tanner Janot is a better player and probably more of a piece moving forward. So I think Tanner Janot and the evolving hockey cap hit prediction for him is a million dollars, which is like, fine. that's not just a, a standard art. I mean, that's like, you know, clearly they're establishing him as a, as a better player. So I think that you sign him, Maybe they're like a two-year, one million dollar deal, uh, or eight, or two, two, two years, two million rather. Uh, and then after that, it's Tolvanen. I do think Tolvanen should be a part of the team. I know he had some. It's kind of a strange season where he was excellent and then kind of forgotten and then kind of disappeared and then I don't know what what happened with Tolvanen at the end. Uh, but I think they should resign him. Rim Pitlick. I think every time I saw him in uh, in a game this year, he stood out. He's fast. He can play. Up and down the ice, he seems really, um, he seems ready. He seems ready to make the the jump. And then the other will be Jeremy Davies, another defenseman that has stood out uh, this year. He's in RFA as well. The other ones, fine, you can sign them. I'm not really big on it. Like Olivier is one mm-hmm. that that'd be okay. I, I wouldn't be opposed to that. But prioritize those guys. Yeah, I mean, it, there there is something to be said for the stability. I mean, we were talking about it about that Barry Trotz style. Like, let's free. <laughs> checking lines and hope we end up goals from everybody. I mean, that's, that's enough with the defensive structure to keep a team interesting. Um, but I, it's, it's the, it's the priority beyond this. Like there's so much just basic team management that are, that's important, but like, so what? So, so what, what is all the, all the RFAs that we can re, that we resigned, the only real super impact RFA is Soros right now. Right, right. I mean, like, what's... 
what's what 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 else is there for this team? That's what's frustrating me, and, mm-hmm. I, and I don't really know how to to stake that out unless they clear house and they try and like really attract someone. Like, could the Predators actually try and sign Landeskog? Oh, let's go for a twenty. Let's give another six seven year contract to a twenty eight year old. Like, it's scary, <laughs> you know. Like signing yeah. free agents like this is just really rough. I didn't know Landeskog was only twenty eight. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. I I think that they they really are going to have to start relying on some of these uh, recent draft picks like Pitlick and Tomasino, um, Afanasiev, who's playing well, or at least was at some point. They're going to have to rely on those guys to actually develop into like uh, top tier players, which is not a very happy feeling if you're a Predators fan because they've never really done that. So. <laughs> Um, it's like they, they've tried the strategy of developing forwards way back in the day. They didn't do well at that. And then they, for a while, tried the strategy of just signing a bunch of high price free agents or trading for them. And that hasn't worked out. Well, in, in some ways it worked out and they got a, they went to a Stanley cup final. They won a president trophy, but it didn't, it didn't land in the ultimate prize. Now maybe they go back the other way and say, you know, we, we've got to start developing these forwards and Tomasino, uh, who, by the way, I, I just found out recently, he's been playing a lot of wing down there in the uh, in the minor leagues for for the Milwaukee slash Chicago team, whatever it was. I didn't realize that they they he he had been playing wing instead mm-hmm. of center, which is very I mean, typical. Very that's that is I mean that's not I mean this was his first like pro season yes, pro games, yes. so you know giving him a little bit less responsibility makes sense. They may be you know. Next season, you'd probably see him at center, maybe a little bit more. Let him develop. You know, he's he's young. He's got to adapt. Yeah, true. Okay, so what my my last priority? So my which is obviously by definition not a high priority, but uh, <laughs> is to I think they should sign Mikhail Granlund and, and maybe to another one year deal, maybe to a two year deal. Uh, because remember how important Mikhail Granlund was at the beginning of the season. Like even when things were bad, like he was pretty much their only thing working well. Uh, he finally started to figure some out. And I think he's a, uh, an important piece of the top six, particularly if you lose one of the two top centers, he could be your go-to second line center and, and have the other, other $8 million guy on the top. So yeah, I, I worry that he's going to be difficult to retain. Really? Yeah. I mean, He's twenty nine. He's probably his his numbers are going to go back up, so he's probably going to be looking for like five million dollars or something like that, right? Um, and he may want a little bit. He may not want to sign a one year contract. He may he may want like three or four years if he can get them. A little bit more job security on that contract. Because um, if I was if I were an NHL player getting ready to turn thirty, I'd want to make sure I get one decent term contract <laughs> before yeah. I turn thirty, just for a little bit of insurance. Uh-huh. Um, I, I just don't know if he's going to look at it and say, I think the Predators can get me where I need to be in three years. I, it's like with Craig Smith. The, there's the standing question of how hard did Poyle pursue keeping Craig Smith versus how much did Smith just want to go to a team yeah. that felt more, like more of a contender because he had the pedigree of going out and just scoring goals and being consistent, being reliable. And he went to Boston, did the exact same thing. Everyone's like, oh, hey, this Craig Smith guy's actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, where's he been all this time? Like scoring 20 goals a season in Nashville, no matter what line you stick him on, because that's what he does. Uh, I, I can't see Granlin like 
if he if his goal is to win a Stanley Cup, I don't know why he tries and signs with Nashville. There's probably other teams that that he could sign up for and maybe even take a little bit of a like, hey, give me four years and I'll take a million dollars less or something like that. Yeah. Um, that's a good point. So yeah, I, I would I would let all other uh, after that if 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 the priority is signing Mikhail Granlin there, all other UFAs should definitely walk. Rad Richardson, Gabranson, Halla, Sabisa, who I forgot he was on this team. And some of the RFAs even like, look, I, I don't, I'll say this and I don't know if uh, I'm probably going to be wrong here. I They should let Ben Harper walk. He's an RFA, but they're going to re-sign him, right? But like, if they sign Ben Harper, that means that they're just going to stick Ben Harper on the third pairing again for an entire year because they just love Ben Harper there. John Hines loves Ben Harper. Uh, I, I wish they wouldn't because I think that it doesn't make any sense to, when you have the the defensemen that they have, like Davies, who I mentioned, like like Carrier, like Fabro, like um, yeah, uh, Ferentz, uh, who's who looks pretty good. Like if you have those guys, why why put Ben Harper there? But I, I would not be surprised if they, you know, what after all this, the first thing they're going to do this offseason is re-sign Ben Harper. That's the first thing they're going to do. Maybe he's already he's already signed. He's already good to go. Yeah, it might happen. They're when, just waiting. They're, they're just waiting. They're going to announce it on a Friday so that we can all celebrate Ben Harper's new contract. <laughs> uh, the last thing I want to touch on is uh, the wild card. Uh, what happens with Pecorine? We do not know what happens. I do know that one bit of news: Casimir Cascasuo uh, said on Twitter, suggested basically that he's done in Nashville. So, um, as of right now, the only goaltender uh, at the NHL level that the predators have is, is uh, an RFA contract pending with, uh, with UC Soros, no, no other. So what do you think happens with Pecorino here? Well, I mean, so I hadn't seen the rumor that he was saying that he was done in Nashville. Cause I had seen his agent saying he wasn't retiring, but that's no, just not, agents. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, not, not retiring. He just said basically that he's, uh, he basically posted a Twitter that said, uh, or tweet that said, um, I enjoyed my time in Nashville. I'll find, I'll pull it up real quick. I'll, I'll show you what he said. But keep going with what you're gonna say. Oh, oh, I sorry, I misunderstood. I thought you you were saying like Casimir said Pekka was done with the Predators. No, sorry, no, no, no. I was I said, like, here we go. Casimir Cascasio said of himself, uh, "What a strange season, full of great experiences. Thanks, Preds, and a special shout out to the fans. Time to figure out what's next." I think. Oh, most okay. People, you're talking most, about okay. I was like, why yeah. is this guy? Why? Why is this, like backup backup goaltender talking about Pekka? Okay, no, I'm I'm with you now. I'm like, <laughs> sorry, this is weird. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, great. I mean, that's fine. I, finding a backup goaltender is not the biggest deal. You can find a backup goaltender. Not really worried. I'm just wondering, is the backup goaltender going to be Pecorine? That's what I'm wondering. Yeah. I'm... <sighs> Who knows? I mean, it's it's really, really hard to say. I, I can't see Pekka getting a contract, like going somewhere else and getting a contract. I mean, he's probably might be able to find a, a, some other NHL job if he wanted it. I, I, I can't, I don't know who wouldn't give him a shot, but God, it's weird to think about. Um, Yeah, he just hasn't, he's been real quiet uh, about what he's exactly going to do next. And I think he may just not know himself. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely a part of it. I mean, there's, it feels like it could go any other direction. I, I, I Except I think the one direction I, I think it is not as likely that he signs like a one year deal in Nashville. I really mm-hmm. don't. I don't I think I think the way, you know, prior to the the last game, that last game that he had, prior to that, I would have said it was probably likely that he could have signed a one year deal. But I feel like that 
really looked like uh, a goodbye. I mean, like that, it just felt like he understood what was, what was really happening there. You know, if he just skates off the ice at the end of that game and like that, none of that happens, I'd be like, Oh yeah, he'll probably sign a one year deal. Now <laughs> it just doesn't feel like that's going to happen now. So I, but I don't know where he goes. I mean, he could go to Finland. He could go play another year somewhere else in the league. Um, I don't know. I, I, It'd be weird. It would, you know, as much. I, I want Pekka to do what Pekka wants to do, but I, it would just suck to see him in a different teams jersey. Like, if he wants to stay in the NHL, like the Predators should just be like, you know, stay, like, stay here. Just please. Unless, unless he signs as a backup in Tampa and wins a cup for Tampa or something. Oh, or it doesn't I have just, to be Tampa. It, it could be anywhere. I'm just I saying. Can't, I can't. I can't close my eyes and see him wearing a different jersey. I just don't I make know. me do it. Don't make <laughs> me do it, Alex. It's it's mentally stressful for me. It's very difficult. So okay. Uh, well, there's there's a ton of things to do. David Boyle has a lot of work, and uh, who knows? Maybe it won't even be David Boyle making any of these decisions. I don't know. Maybe he'll yeah. Be- no, maybe it'll be you. And by <laughs> you, I mean the listener. <laughs> Yeah, the listeners have a lot of power. Don't put Alex in charge of the franchise. What do you What do you think? Right. He's got responsibilities. He can't do. He can't run a hockey team right now. Responsibilities. Yeah, I have tons of responsibilities. So many, so many that I can't even remember what any of them are. <laughs> <laughs> Don't have a breakdown now. We're almost there. <laughs> We're so. Well, what close. you said earlier? What was it you said earlier about uh, we the, we can guarantee effort, but we can't guarantee results? You said that about someone on that we're talking about. That's basically what what. Uh, my life is like sometimes it feels like i can guarantee effort i cannot guarantee results hey you gotta just that's you just gotta work hard and do your best right that's right well uh it has been a fun season uh, doing this podcast I, I i appreciate you uh for for joining me and in, in, in this endeavor and uh hopefully it's not been too painful for you no, but thanks for the setup. I can now. Can I just say some mean things about you now? Yeah, go for it. Go for it. Wow. I, well, I appreciate your hard work and the fact that you edit all of these, and I just have to show up and talk. That's nice. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. No, I, I, I do. I do take notes, and I do do show prep. So don't. Uh, oh yeah, I don't, no, I know you do. Oh yeah, no, I'm not. I, I know you know, but I don't know if they know. <laughs> and somewhere out there. Somewhere out there is Dan Bradley. He's just I can feel him over the lurking over my shoulder, just <laughs> watching me, making sure I'm prepared. I think you're. I think you're pl- as prepared as I would expect you to be, and 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 definitely and definitely it never has never disappointed me how much you're pre- how prepared you are. So I'll, I'll say that. Uh, but uh, yes, you can check out all of our hockey coverage at a to z sports national.com. Follow me on Twitter at Alex one follow link on Twitter at 3d link. We will be in touch about what our plans are for next season, but until then it's been a great year of the Preds Nash cast and all of our uh, subsequent alternate titles of this show. I don't know what any of them were now, but I'm sure they were great. And uh, yeah, any final, any final thoughts as we part from our listeners one final time for this season. No. No. (laughs) Take a nap. Take a nap. All right, everybody. See you next year.